I've been around this block twice looking for something, a clue. I've been looking for clues, and something led me back here. Yeah, so here I am. Could have been me who was at Ringo's place when the shit went down. Hey, I know how it is, because I've been there. We've all done bad things. We all have those guilty feelings in our hearts. You want to take your brain out of your head and wash it and scrub it and make it clean? Well, no. But I'm going to help you settle this. First, we're going to check for holes. See what we can find. Then we're going to get nice and wet. And you're going to spread your legs. Huh. That's good. So you know me. You know my reputation. 13 inches is a tough load. I don't treat you gently. That's right. I'm Brock Landers, so I'm going to be nice. So so I'm going to be nice. So I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to ask you one more time. Where the fuck is Ringo? I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a big, bright, shining star. <laughs> nothing could have prepared me for sitting. <laughs> yeah, I'll put in some like zipper noises and uh, some smoking noises. We'll be good. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. My day. Best day we wore here. That's Brock. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Welcome to Facing Off Pod, a podcast where we compare two like movies with our own personal <laughs> categories and rating scale. I am one of your co hosts, Layla, and as always, I am joined by Nick and Gabe. But this Hi. week, no, not even. There's, we need to move on to more important things like our guest yeah, this week. Up, <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by Galen Howard. Welcome, Galen. How Hello. are you doing tonight? Oh, just do, doing just fine. Thank you. Doing just fine. Um, we're kind of like joined by a little bit of a, a little bit. This of is a, our first, yeah, celebrity, celebrity guest. guest. <laughs> So excited to get this guy on here. Uh, Galen, you have an incredible reputation just based off of your IMDb. 116 Everyone, please go check it out. It's credits, so cool. <laughs> some writing, some producing. You had a show that you wrote uh, about yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. YouTube, YouTube show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, been... Um, yeah, I've been uh, acting for about um, in film for about fifteen years, and um, in theater before that. And um, yeah, I've uh, been fortunate enough to accumulate, you know, some, um, you know, a, you know, a lot of a lot of great, uh, a lot of great credits and experiences for sure. Yeah. Hey, how'd you find us? That's uh, that's my first question. <laughs> oh, you know, I've why us? You know, I've, um, <laughs> you know, I, um, I've done. Um, I've gotten a lot of, especially in the last year, I've um, you know, popped on a lot of um, kind of film-related podcasts. Um, so I just, I, all, I'm, I always kind of keep an eye out for what's um, 
you know, like on Instagram of what's uh, what's coming out there. And I think I just um, kind of, yeah, yeah, discovered yours on um, on, uh, you know, just, you know, on, you know, searching hashtags and shit and just, um, you know, really super fun concept. So, yeah, true fan on the podcast. This is incredible. We're so excited to have you. uh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that I figured out how to use hashtags so we could bring you on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It took him, it took him yeah. months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. Sad I hear you. Reading textbooks. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, hashtags I, I don't for know dummies. if you guys. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if you guys have some questions, but I have some questions for Galen. I'm I'm super excited to ask. Um, so, like, how'd you get your start in acting? Like, what was the impetus when you were uh, up in? I think Davis, right? Yeah, that's where I'm from originally. Okay. Yeah, um, got it. You know, it was always uh, I was always someone very expressive, loved telling stories, but um, it was you know as far as just expre- uh, um, expressing myself, it was um, you know I was uh, you know fairly shy when it came socially, but it's like you know you the the creative structure of acting and you know the um, the the way in which you can. I mean, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, feel like, oh, you know, you, you know, the thing about acting is that you get to be someone else. But it's like it's you're you're still your the, the the I think when you really tap into you know the real creative energy as an actor, it's like you realize that 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 it is you it is about being yourself, but in an imagined situation and sure. in imagined circumstances, even if those are things that you're adding on to yourself, you know, given the the character you're playing. But I think, I think that's what really drew me to it was this idea of like, oh, you know, I can, um, you know, I can tell, I can tell my story in all of these different ways and in, you know, in these, in these imagined circumstances. And, you know, you can, um, you know, there's, there's ways that you can it, it can be very therapeutic in a way and mm-hmm. and ways that you can just you can create something uh, you can create something just by using yourself you can you can uh, you know using your imagination you can create an entire world just you know it, uh, just you just using just using your imagination your mind and i think it's um that's it's always really what, what drew me to it yeah and so i've um I started doing a lot of theater in um, up north, and um, of, and theater yeah, guy. and eventually, um, eventually, after you know, kind of going as far as I could in that region, um, you know, came down to Los Angeles and um, uh, been here for about eleven years. And in that time, I've done you know, acted um, acted in a lot of films, music videos, um, some uh, you know, some. Uh, some shorts and web products, a lot, uh, some yeah, some really cool indies and um, handful of TV shows. So it's been uh, it's been a wonderful experience. It's been I've been I've been very fortunate. Yeah, I, I would love to uh, watch some of the short films you've been in and uh, any other films. I, I initially recognized you when you started following us. I had seen you. This is super random, but. You were in the music video for Molly by uh, Lil Dicky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at that I had a little wedding. featured role in that. Yeah, yeah. And then I went through and <laughs> was looking amazing. up other ones. You're also in "Can't Stop the Feeling" by yes. uh, Justin Timberlake. Yes, which is, yeah. No, I've like, done a, a lot of random yeah. music videos over the years. Yeah, and it's yeah. No, I mean a whole uh, yeah. Um, what wide was that range of different artists. Like? It's so like being on those it, sets. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah to be um, um, 
well, you know, when you're when you're working with big, um, you know, with big artists on, um, you know, in in features and television, you know, there's a little bit of there's a difference. There's kind of a distance between the between the cast and the um, and the major stars. And in a lot of the music videos, especially when you have like a, a, a you know a, a featured role or something, you know, you're um, you're it's much more of a collaboration and. Um, and it's um and so it's it's and and it's really it's really interesting and they I know there there have been a lot of times um there have been a lot of times where i've been brought you know a lot of the music video the you know the process is um you know a, a lot of it will a lot of it will kind of change in the um you know kind of be determined in the um depending on how on the structure of it it'll be determined in as they're shooting and so yeah. you know when um um you know when actually like you know great examples that little dicky video the um you know i was i was brought in and didn't have a sense of necessarily what i'd be doing and then i think i don't know if they if they had figured it when they've at what point they figured it out but uh you know they um I I happened to be just sitting at the table. Uh, I happened to seat myself at the table um, where you know where Dave you know Lil Dicky was sitting, and um, then they just they were they were just kind of have they were getting the coverage of that of that bit, and then he um, the director was just like, well, you know, hey, just you know, try to engage him, try to like tell him a joke or something, and so we just you have like very expressive faces that you do at the table, yeah, and, and, and so it kind of scene. we so that moment, to my knowledge, was fairly was was fairly kind of found and created in the moment, which was very cool, and it kind of created this great. Um, this great little bit in the video um, that I was able to be a part of. And that was, that was really cool. And so, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of moments you can find and, you know, because it's, so, it's so short. It's so, it's such a, it's such a short period of time. You can find yourself, you know, playing a, you know, um, kind of a pivotal role in the video that you might not necessarily, you might, that might not have been planned uh, beforehand. So it's, it's very so cool. cool. It's very, um, it's it's very fluid in that way. A lot of it, again, a lot of it is found in the moment. It's really fun. That's amazing. Yeah, that that sounds very. I I have a couple other questions. Um, <laughs> I really think this should be this this experience should be the beginning of you watching Brooklyn Nine Nine for the first time. Yeah, it, it should because you were in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then I was going to yes. ask. Um, you were technically in the you know Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, I've been on. In I've been Agents in a, a Marvel, Marvel's Marvel Agents of Shield, and yeah, I've been. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been in that universe as well. Yeah. Are you Are you a big fan of those movies? Are you like excited for the Spider Man uh, movie coming out this weekend? You know, I'm. Um, I've and I've definitely seen a lot of the Mar- a lot a lot of the Marvel stuff. I've. Um, I don't. I don't follow it as heavily as a lot of people, but I've uh, so I've kind of come, I've I've come into I've come into some of it a little li- a little late, but um, you know I I think the the Iron Man films are fantastic. I've um, you know I haven't caught up I am I haven't caught up in the latest Spider Man franchise that this iteration, but um, you know I've um, I'm I'm very selective. I've seen like the Deadpool. I've seen. Um, um, I've seen WandaVision on Disney Disney Plus, things like that. You know, so there's a lot of stuff that of theirs that I like for sure. That's great. Uh, and just one last one before we uh, get yeah, into yeah, these yeah. movies. 
Um, well, I know that Boogie Nights is one of your uh, favorite movies, and you like ones um, about the valley here in L.A. or the grimy parts <laughs> of uh, L.A. Sure. Were there, were there any specific movies that inspired you to act or write or produce? Um, anything that really got you interested, uh, you know, back in the day? Oh, sure. I mean, I think... Um, mm, as, you know, I was uh, I was a '90s kid, so I think I think certainly seeing the um, when I was a kid, seeing the um, seeing the acting of you know some uh, people like like Jim Carrey, um, you know, seeing yeah. seeing seeing Jim Carrey in The Mask. I think when I was uh, when I was ten, eleven years old. I mean, that was um, yeah, it changes your life. That's pretty formative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and that's that's a film I've I, I've watched in recent years, and it's it still holds up. It's, um, I think, and, um, uh, so, so things like that. And then as I got older, um, uh, films like, um, um, the, um, the, um, the Big Lebowski is a big one, Yes, you know, um, and, you know, I got into a lot of, um, you, you know, like a lot of people explore a lot of the classics. So I was like, very much inspired by things like Clockwork Orange and uh, T- yeah. Taxi Driver things like that the you know the real the real raw performances of the 70s and you know a lot of the things of Dustin Hoffman and um um Jack Nicholson uh, things like that um you know really yeah very much um very much inspired by that for sure yeah we've done a, a few 70s movies mm-hmm. but we really need to return to it I, I'm oh, yeah. a big fan of uh 70s films so um, All right. Well, are you let's talk ready? about the 80s and 90s. Yeah. yeah. So, listeners, we or are going to be doing Boogie Nights versus Rockstar this week. <laughs> Nick, do you kind of have a little bit of a synopsis for us? You want to tell I us do. how these connect? These are two <laughs> Mark Wahlberg vehicles in which Mark Wahlberg's sort of uh, every man with a dream character accidentally becomes very famous and then accidentally... Uh, botches his own fame by doing a lot of drugs and stuff. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just really yeah. Just just accidentally doing those drugs that that um that yeah. that coke just magically goes up the nose. It's just, just you don't yeah, know how he it got slipped there. and fell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right just just by pure accident, falls, you know. Falls victim to the lifestyle. Right then, now, yeah. Um, no agency whatsoever. Falls and then sort of rises at the end like a phoenix. Yeah, he has no. No control over his own bodily functions right. all the time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He, there's also moments of him looking at himself in the mirror and mm-hmm. telling himself trying that to he's hype, a star in both of these. Trying to yeah. hype himself up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Body well, parts are pierced. Mm-hmm. Let's just jump it's, in. It's a good pair. Let's yeah, jump in. Um, so we're going to use our you know rating scale that we always use, one to seven, one being bad and seven being just perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of throw this to um our guest first let's start with spectacularity for boogie nights and spectacularity just for to refresh for all of our listeners is just like your engagement level did you think it was too long were you looking at your phone were you feeling engaged while you were watching it i mean i've seen this film i don't know how many times now and i'm every time i'm i'm completely sucked in it doesn't matter what I'm doing, what at w- what point in the movie I I come in, I'm immediately um, I'm immediately sucked in by the story. I'm immediately sucked in by the characters, the everything. Every, I mean, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. Every scene is um, 
uh, every scene is so um, is so perfect, is so um, is, is so ha- has its own energy, and it just completely absorbs you. And it's just you're just I I I watch this twenty like nearly twenty five years later, and I'm just in awe of every scene. So it's an easy seven for me. Oh wow, oh, that's, that's such a good a start. start. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Gabe, do you want to you want to piggyback off of that? Yeah, I mean, I I have nothing but love for Boogie Nights. Um, <laughs> every time I watch it, I notice new things. Mm. I think it's really fun. I yeah. think this is Paul Thomas Anderson's most fun movie all the way through. I think that he's having a blast making it, and this is you know kind of what jump started his career after Hard Eight, yeah. and. Um, while I think, you know, certainly the, he has more gripping movies, like, uh, for me, I mean, There Will Be Blood and The Master are absolutely incredible, and then, like, Phantom Thread as well is a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. I think when he's having fun, there's just no one else that could do something like this, like uh, this and Punch Drunk Love, and now with Licorice Pizza yes. that just came out, which I encourage anyone to see Absolutely. when they're able to. It's a, yeah. um, I, Does not disappoint for, for any for any hardcore uh, PTA fan. Yeah, absolutely. It's so fun. And and this one is like, it, this is when he was really like having fun with the area. He's really letting you know that there is so much to discover in uh, the San Fernando Valley. Yep. Um, the music choices are incredible. I'll talk a little bit about it in eye candy, but the way that the camera works, it's, oh, yeah. it's as if it's never, it never stops moving. Yeah. It, Even in like a sex scene, it's, you know, panning back and forth right. and, and it's going through different parties. There's kind of this, like, I, I can understand objectively how this movie might not be as entertaining as, as, you know, um, something that would be just like two hours long. It is a little lengthy at times and it does feel like it meanders, but I think that, Whenever the movie might be at fault of losing you, it finds some way to hook you in, whether that be, you know, the party at the beginning when they switch the tone in the 80s and everything is falling, you know, everything is falling apart and everything is a disaster and there's so much cocaine and so much sadness and so much violence. It's just, it's bound to hook you in and there's no one else outside of like maybe Quentin Tarantino that could pull off a movie like this and keep you that entertained. So I'm going to give it a six out of seven. It's pretty close to a seven for me. I just objectively, I can, I could see how some people are not as engaged. I would agree with that. I'm but. I'm between a five and a six, and the reason that I would say that is, in, pa- uh, in PTA's own words, nobody changes in this movie. But that's by design, right? Correct. Nobody, usually his movies, if somebody changes, there's a 90 degree, you know, I think is, is again, I think his own quote. Where he says, but in this one, nobody, not a whole lot actually happens, but that's, I mean, that's obviously by design, right? Like, that's supposed to be, you know, the movie. And I think... For me, I'm not too bothered by the fact that it's it is a very long movie, but like Gabe said, I think objectively there are going to be some people that um, are just like, "What am I watching? Why is this going on for so long?" Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to give it a six because personally, I don't mind that, and I think that there's enough humor and um, kind of gnarly action going on in this mm-hmm. that I it's enough for me. Keeps you engaged. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to stay to the end to see that big old wiener. Yeah, so yeah. I, something has to <laughs> it's engage keeping you. Keeping you enough. in, yeah. yeah. You know that someone's gonna hang on. Galen had like a haunted face from uh, <laughs> <laughs> from that image. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, what do you? Ex- are, I mean, it's. I, I mean, it's given the subject matter. I mean, what do you? What do you expect, really? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, it's it's on. a perfect on, like cap off it's, of yeah, a very fun movie. Well, yeah, I was gonna say All it's right. Chekhov's Thirteen Inch Dong. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, do you want to start us off with spectacularity for Rockstar? <laughs> oh, 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 ever. Oh, man, such a bizarre, such bizarre pacing in the movie Rockstar. Uh, it's so bizarre. They drag the entire beginning out, and nobody wants to see that. Just show me, show me him being a rock star. Right. It's called Rockstar, and the um. first third of the movie is just not fun <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's just such a I, nightmare. It's, it's a fair point. I just feel like when I got to the end of Rockstar, I was like, wow, he doesn't really, like, there's not a lot of time before he is part of this band. And then everything oh, speeds I up. Think really there's too much oh, there's time. way yeah, too I much. I almost <laughs> yeah, wish. Okay, right. I almost could see this being a better movie We're made by someone a better. Time warp because I was like, there's way too much time before he becomes a member of the rockstar and then of the, the band Steel Dragon Rock and Roll. Way too much time before he becomes part of that band, and then once he's part of the band, there's like, there's a lot of like, let's just show montages of them on stage doing stuff. And then, like, the actual character development and things that are supposed to happen occur in, like, a flash. Yeah. yeah. Well, he and becomes like, part of the band w- with a phone call. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you spend 30 minutes of him of him hanging out in his, his hometown doing this tribute band, and you don't ever, you don't ever get a sense of... Of any of it, um, of 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 the gravity of it, it's like literally in in two in two seconds he's 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 part of the band after thirty minutes of just dicking around in his hometown. Yeah, and yeah. then the same thing happens with Jennifer Aniston, where she like leaves him, and then like I I want to say it's literally four minutes later, she's back, and she's like, "You have done too many drugs, and you're bad now." And he's like, "But I, but I, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I did all the drugs." <laughs> And it's just <laughs> Gabe, I feel like you have maybe a counter argument. What do you want to say? Well, no, I, I that that point I was going to bring up as well. The, <laughs> the thing with Jennifer Aniston is like absolutely preposterous that oh, the whole conflict with them happens within like a five minute period oh, my God. where you could restructure this movie and it would work that it would be more impactful in the yeah. scene where she shows up. But I was saying I, w- I just mean. In more capable hands, it could have been interesting to see this person, you know, want to be this rock star, to really worship these people and make it more interesting before so that as um, Galen was saying, you know, the the gravity of the situation when he gets, you know, picked for the band would have been, you know, more important and it would have been exciting for the audience. We could have felt that, you know, pride for him. Um, But no, ultimately... I think this movie, while it is funny at times, I don't think it's purposefully funny. Uh, yeah. And while I like some of the characters, it definitely is just not as exciting as it should be. I actually, I do really think that the first concert scene is like a fun concert they made scene. Me stand up and shout. Yeah. <laughs> stand up and shout. Like when he does it, it was just so. It's funny. It's great. It's like absurd in every moment where they think you know how cool this band is and how cool it is to like this band is just comically absurd but it's engaging enough and it's short enough to keep me reasonably um excited as i watch and it was kind of a fun revisit so 
I, I think I'm at like a two or a three. I might do a three. Yeah, Nick, what did you go uh, with? I'm, I'm going to go with three. Okay. I yeah. think that it could have, with some with some tweaks, with some, you know, a little, little here and there, mm-hmm. would have been a four. But it's a three. A I, three. I wasn't, and Galen, I wasn't you kind of spoke on this too, but what, what score are you going to give it? I would give it about a three. I think okay. there's... Three's all around. Yeah, there's there are moments that I mean, I, I, I as I as I said off mic, I I certainly was not bored by the movie. It, but yes, like the it's uh, I think the pacing and um, uh, and plot building is very uneven. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say that again. Um, yeah. Alrighty, off to a good start. Why don't we move on to originality? Um, Ooh, so let's let's sti- let's stick with Rockstar. <laughs> Gabe, do you mm. want to speak to Rockstar's originality? Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's an idea here that's great. Like you know, <laughs> an there's idea. like this idea of this small town uh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna go down <laughs> yeah. that road. But this like, thirty year old boy. <laughs> yeah, he's like a he's about. Uh, I think he's in his late twenties or something, and. <laughs> You know, there, there's this idea of this, like, uh, arrested development or uh, arrested developed kid yeah. who is obsessed with this band and has the talent to be in a band himself, like, getting his dream job of being in the band that he worships and then how it, how the reality of being in this super band isn't quite what he expected. I just think that none of that is handled well in this. I don't think it's clever in the in the way that it's executed. I don't think anything is necessarily creative how this movie stands out from anything else besides one thing. And I was going to talk about an acting, but I think it's a little better in originality. I admire this movie's appreciation for music and including people that are musicians in it. Mm-hmm. If you look on the IMDb trivia, uh, trivia page, you can find out how many incredible, huge musicians were in this uh, yeah. movie. Jason Bonham, and, John Bonham's son, is yep. the drummer. And, and, and he's great in it. Yeah, like he, he does a great acting job. Yeah, I, um, that was surprising, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were a couple other people yeah. that uh, I don't know if anyone knows, but like Mark Wahlberg is the front man for Marky. That's right. Um, the way that they they listed is that. But yeah, there's incredible yeah, musicians. I, um, I also uh, side note it was uh, it was a uh, it was a fun moment when he tries to rap. Yeah, on on vocal. It, I, did you watch the like oh, post credit sequence where he like raps in that as well? Uh, <laughs> upsetting a, a very upsetting a, yeah and it, well oh, it, it was a great offensive. it was great because it was they were showing they were showing him trying to do his own thing it was like this moment where he's trying to he's trying to branch out he's trying to put his own spin on things and you know and it's horrible it's terrible yeah. and then they t- tell him to do to to do it as planned and it's and yeah it's better it's, it's yeah, much it was, better. It was kind of sick. That song was <laughs> so good. much better. Yeah, I mean, that's. I was also going to bring that up for originality. Like, the, just the steel, uh, steel dragon music is fun. The oh, fact yeah. that they make this, it's like it's really made by true artists. The last person, by the way, Layla. I just want to mention this for you because you're a Bay Area kid as well, and I'm sure you listened to them growing up. But the guy who takes over his spot in his tribute band is Stefan. Uh, What's his name? Jenkins, who's the lead singer of Third Eye Blind. 
Oh my god, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, that's that's cool. All, um, um, also, another so, uh, another yeah. fun side note is the all of the um, the rock stars' wives that Jen is, Jennifer Aniston shares the car with are all real life. Um, have all been with uh, have all been at one were all at one time married to rock stars. Oh, interesting. And they were kind of like roadies with them. Yes. They took this Maybe. very seriously. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, they really yeah, did. They did. It's why it's a shame that the movie's not any good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll give it a two for that. I mean, okay. I, yeah. I admire that they tried to care about it, but I just think it's not that creative. No, Gail, there's more. There's way more. I think, I think even at this time, there were... Um, you know, there were films that did that did this much better. Um, mm, did yeah. that took this story and took this kind of story. I mean, you know, um, I mean, I know Boogie Nights is a, is kind of a different kind of story, but it's very. It's you can definitely see why he was cast in it. Like they were saying, like, oh, will you you t- you 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 took a similar story arc in this in Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. Now we'll just now we'll just do the same thing with Hard Rock and like with half of the research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do you? What's yeah. what? What's your what's your score? What are you landing on? I'm landing on a on on a two. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Nicholas. I was a little more generous. I gave it a three because Good I do think you. it's cool that they had all of these. They put there's just so much effort, man. You got to give credit where credit is due. I guess that you had all of this sort of shallow effort. Yeah, to very surface level. Rock starry. Yeah, yeah. You just pulled rock stars Cause, out, basically because I think it was it was apparently based on a true story. I think it was for it was. Um, it might have been Judas Priest or another or another mm. similar band that this was. Isn't it? Uh, it's Foreigner. Is that what Isn't it was? It Foreigner. Well, because one of the members is like a, or one of the actors is like a touring uh, member of Foreigner. Is that what? Jason is that Bonham. the band? Is that what oh, it was? Jason Bonham, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that the now lead singer of Foreigner was a guy who sang in a tribute band, not a cover band. A tribute. Oh, band. that's cool. <laughs> right. Not a not not a cover yeah, band, I, but yeah. a tribute I'll band. I'll do my own back. I saw a cover pretty, band. I'll do some research. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. So they um, they basically took that idea and then that was it. That's about all the work they did. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite yeah. That's fair. Um, so let's maybe move on to Boogie Nights. Galen, do you want to kick us off with Boogie Nights originality? Yeah, I think, well, again, it's, um, well, I, well, I mean, certainly we hadn't, um, up to this point, we hadn't seen, um, we hadn't seen anything that really explored the adult, uh, the adult film industry at this point. I mean, they're really, and, and there's been very little since. I mean, and it, yeah, I mean, for uh, you know, for understandably, it's a it's it's a very unpleasant topic. And I think the way that he is was able to humanize those characters and make it this kind of rags to riches story that is uh, that really captures what uh, you know what pe- how people are seduced by it and the, the and the way that you know he. The way that he makes it so sweeping in its um, cast of characters and mm-hmm. and everything, I would um, I would absolutely um, um, you know I th- it, I think it's as far as as far as originality, it's hard to it's hard like where to where you where you settle on that. But I would say I would say definitely a six at, at the very least. I mean, I think for everything that it 
it brings to that story and uh, you know of the, uh, you know of that um of that time period of that um of that culture i mean we really hadn't seen anything like that before yeah, yeah. absolutely gabe? yeah gabe do you want to you want to go? Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a lot more to add to it except for that. that like, said. <laughs> yeah, it's it, but it, it's such a creative movie. It's it's basic. It's based on almost nothing. Like you know, he he takes in each of his stories, he takes from the things that it, the subject matter that inspires it. So mm-hmm. if you see Licorice Pizza, it's based on a real child actor turned producer, right? A, a friend very, of his, a yeah, famous one, yeah. And and with this, like obviously, it's based on reality uh, with the porn industry. But yeah. he he creates this world, you know, that's so believable, but such like his own work um, that it's incredibly original. And and it got nominated for original screenplay. And the only reason why it didn't win is because it happened to go against Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. which is like you know a famed movie script that. Um, gave us Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah, but, it's it, yeah, um, it's interesting. It's um, it's technically it's it's interesting that it won for original screenplay because it it is technically adapted from a a short film that he made in his like when he yeah. was seventeen years old. Nick mm. is like, I had this fact ready. <laughs> <laughs> Some, yeah, sometimes so they do awesome. that. I really want to see it. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> you can like find little... it. Yeah, I think it's called the. Yeah. It's like it's like kind of like a mockumentary. It's called the Dirk Diggler story. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, that he made I, with his friends in the in the 80s, yeah. Mm, um it's it, 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 yeah, or early or like mid 90s early, I think 93 or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fascinating what you know, uh, how it all I came mean, about. I'm having trouble not giving it a 7 just thinking of his other movies as well they're based off of things you know like inherent vice is based off of a book mm-hmm. no or uh, there will be blood is based off of a book the master is you know based on scientology Correct. Yeah. um it's so I, I i yeah i'm gonna give it a seven i think it's incredibly original yeah. and, and it needed Ooh. to be made and i Absolutely. mean this is what started paul thomas anderson's like meteoric rise as one of the best filmmakers of our time 100 percent. yeah yeah I think just to bridge off of what we were saying about Rockstar, if we're going to talk about like the amount of time and research mm. into the industry that you're, um, uh, is the subject matter of your movie, mm. then I mean, the, the the difference here is is vast. Like, like he put in so much work to learn about the porn industry, to interview people from the porn industry, to make sure the actors were able to talk to you know, counterparts in the actual industry and, and like make this, uh, you know, make sense Mm -hmm. and have something to say as well as be entertaining and, and, um, you know, uh, really, you know, pretty close to a masterpiece. I would, I would think. So I would also give it a seven. Wow. That's fun. Definitely agree. Um, cool. I'm going to switch our gears a little bit here and we're going to talk about eye candy now. Which is Gabe's favorite Ooh, category. So, Gabe, I'm going to have you is. kick it off with Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad we're starting with Boogie Nights. Uh, <laughs> I got some words in a bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Paul Thomas Anderson, just incredible visually. He always has been since I, I, I recently watched Hard Eight earlier this year. He, he really had it then. Um, and he certainly has it in Boogie Nights. It's incredibly well edited. Um, the flash cuts, like the way that he 
takes you through the story and the different time periods and stuff is is great. I love the way the camera follows certain characters. I mean, the two main ones that I love are when they're going through the party to different conversations, but then it's following that one girl who goes into the pool and it goes into the pool with her. Um, And then my favorite visual sequence um, uh, or, you know, like tracking shot sequence is actually the little bill uh, New Year's Eve moment. Um, Yeah. The way that he and it's funny that they talk about blocking in one of the scenes where uh, 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 Mark Wahlberg's character is like he he's like excited that he does his own blocking based on that interview, but it's of course not true. Um, I mean, just Paul Thomas Anderson's blocking in this movie is incredible. The way he puts the characters in certain scenes and the way that they move around, and you can always have something to look at. But just that scene with how William H. Macy, you know, silently closes the door, walks to the car, takes his gun out, then locks his uh, car, and then walks in, shoots them, walks into the party, smiles, shoots himself in the face. It's like one Mm. of the best visual moments. Uh, And then just the last one is just the way that they film, the frenetic energy of that Alfred Molina scene is just like... (laughs) It's like the way, yeah, yeah, it's like that. And I guess the Don Cheadle, um, the like the robbery that happens in the donut shop are just like the only person I can imagine doing this is Quentin Tarantino. And he would have made it way more, you know, gratuitous. And this was so believable and so (laughs) alarming. There's like a realism to it that is like truly disconcerting. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're inside the scene. You're just Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So I'm going to give this. A six, because okay. I do think he's gotten better visually over time, but like it is pretty close to a seven. Nice. Nick, what'd you give it? I was going to just talk about the tracking scene, so I'll defer to everything Gabe says and also <laughs> give it a seven. That's right. <laughs> All right, Galen, what, what did you think? Yeah, again, the, um, um, I mean, his, uh, his visuals right out the gate, I mean, are, um, mm, I mean, they were, um, they were certainly, um, there was certainly a, an undeniable confidence and assuredness in, in, in the way he works with his camera in Hard Eight, you know, from the, from the yeah. first scene. But there's the, the level of, um, um, you know, him, him realizing the, um, the role that the camera serves in this film and that it, it is, um, that it kind of, um, it, it kind of it really serves as the as a narrator of the story and is taking us into the world and you know leaving and and leaving us um kind of you know is moving so much we're almost exhausted going through these different scenes going through the parties doing the way that the camera moves in i mean there's you know those um you know that kind of tra- um the like the tracking shots into into him at the award ceremony, just all of these different ways yeah. that it it punctuates the camera is so uh, is uh, is so much a punctuation in this film, and um, I think it's in it's incredibly effective uh, throughout. Um, I mean, I think yeah, any you can talk uh, you we could spend fifteen minutes talking about any the the use of camera in any scene in this film, and I think. And I, I think that just, I mean, that that kind of says it all right there. I would give it a seven. Oof. Great. Well said. Bang. Wow. Um, I think he's just, a, he's a master of 
not just showing us what he wants us to see, but showing us how he wants us to see mm-hmm. yeah. as well. Easily. He yeah. utilizes yeah. he utilizes visuals and just like and it's just I love when I love when directors and creators can realize that visuals are like just an incredibly vital storytelling tool. It's a visual medium. <laughs> the ideas don't necessarily matter if you don't make me yes. enjoy what I'm seeing with my ocular cavity. Not even just enjoy it, but like help me understand it by showing it good that words, way, you know? Words, good words, Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Great point, Layla. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's move on to... Do we, we got everybody, right? Let's move on to Rockstar. Yeah. Um, Galen, mm-hmm. do you want to talk about Rockstar? You know, okay. What do we... How do we go into this? <laughs> do um, yeah, it's... Uh, like... Um, like, look, as far as the as as far as the way that it um, the way we um, I mean, everything is very obvious in this movie. And, um, you know, like da- um, down to the you know, down to the casting, down to the music cues, everything. And so it's certainly it give uh, you know, there's um, it um, it there are there are certainly there are certainly moments, I think, the. The, the enter the the way the way the camera you know captures the the energy of the um uh, you know of a har- of a of a of a of a, uh, of a heavy metal uh, of a, he- a live heavy metal show concert is uh, you know is effective it's i mean it's it's at least it's at least effective um i think um um but you know there's uh, there's a lot of a lot again a lot of it is you know goes back to the you know the you know our previous categories it's just there's the energy of it is fairly flat the um the uh, the choices are fairly obvious i mean to have like the the to just uh, to you know I, I, again it's like you know this film spent 30 minutes you know uh, you know of of prep and then it's like oh shit has to has to get you know has, has to catch up for lost time so a lot of it a lot of the there's a lot of shortcuts taken visually, like with that, mm-hmm. the montage of all of the, um, uh, of, of, all, uh, of, you know, a montage of showing all the, the magazine covers and everything, all the news yeah, clippings. The and it's just, like, yeah. you know, we've, we've it just on a visual level, we've seen that countless times. I mean, yes, it, it does a job, but it's not fun. It's not as surprising. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's, there are moments in it where it is, it is effective. It does, it, does the job on paper and that's about it. Uh, so I would, uh, I'd say a three. Okay. Whoa. All right. Nick, what do you think? Oh man, I just think it's a blunt instrument. <laughs> it's just, I think it just kind of bashes you over the head. Mm-hmm. Like there's some thought put into the way that, you know, the staging and kind of the set design in some scenes, but yeah, bare minimum though. But yeah, yeah, it's bare minimum. I, I give it a two, yeah. um, and I will use the rest of my time to apologize to you, Galen, because you were right. It totally is Judas Priest. Got it. This movie is based. I will spend Judas the rest Priest. of my time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, 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 th- uh, well, I thought, I, I thought out, that was right. I thought that was yeah, right. Yeah, he okay. came out as as homosexual, and then they booted him for a um, right. Yeah, like, even yeah, even mirroring yeah the Rob Halford uh, yeah. Um, story yeah. as well. Journey was also Journey was the band I was thinking of, but that was in like two thousand. That was later, yes. That that uh, yeah. Um, Similar thing. Yeah. But and there, um, anyways, go ahead, Gabe. Talk about what Rockstar looked like or whatever. <laughs> I th- thank you for uh, <laughs> correcting that. Um, 
usually never happens when I'm the one who gets yeah, uh, you guys. <laughs> Anyways, uh, with eye candy for Rockstar, like I was upset watching it, rewatching it. I <laughs> talk about the opening. It is visually painful. And you know what the number one thing that makes me want to give it a one, but I probably ultimately won't give it a one because I do agree with Galen about the effectiveness of it is that slow motion effect oh God. that they do. It I, looks oh, I blocked horrible. that out of my mind. I've been talking <laughs> about this for so long that every time they use that slow motion in the in the 90s, like it it's kind of common in the born identity movies. Right. Um, and I don't like it in those. Um, but the way it looks in this is so bad. It carries on for so long. When he falls off the stage, it's just upsetting. Nick and, and I it's also such a nothing watched... moment. It's like such a waste of that of that effect. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 a waste of it. They do it multiple times, and right. it, it gets worse and worse oh, as the God. movie goes along. And then. <laughs> and, <laughs> There's a. There also Nick and I watched it through this app called Hoopla. That yes. is, if you have uh, a library card, you can uh, borrow movies on it. Right. And unfortunately, the way that Hoopla, I think it was the way that I put it up on my screen because I use the HDMI cord. It just spread. It, it made everything look really narrow. Like cars looked like almost like little bananas and stuff. And uh, <laughs> like clown cars. But also, this movie is so overly edited. It has so many of those annoying effects that we were just like, we almost couldn't watch the movie. It was so visually the opening upsetting. Credits are truly. Oh, the opening credits are like my repugnant. least type of my least favorite type of credits oh from God. the nineties. I, uh, or it's the early 2000s or whatever. Um, yeah. And then I also, like, like even a scene that's really cool, the way that they're setting up the concert mm-hmm. and that they do that, um, uh, whatever that's called when you, uh, a time lapse video yeah. of them setting up the stage is really cool. But that's like, what, 30 seconds of this crappy looking movie? I'm so sorry. I actually, I lied. I'm giving it a one. Oh. Wow. It hurt me. Yeah. yeah. I can sense I left that. his apartment after watching it. He was just crying on the ground. Yeah. Hmm? I, I curled up in a ball and I said, Cinema is dead! Yeah. And I just left. Someone's yeah. got to fight. Um, okay, Reith, uh, re- remembering the, the overuse of slow motion, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reduce mine to a two. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's, Gave you it's hard to watch. Yeah. yeah. I do it sometimes. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to actoring now. Um, oh, funsies. Yeah. Nick, do you want to kick us off? I can't. T- would, you rather, would you rather do we- Rockstar? Is that fun for you? Or would you rather start with Boogie Nights? <laughs> I'll, I'll, talk about, I'll talk about Rockstar. <laughs> okay. Keep it on the same one we already talked about. Yeah. Uh, oh, what, was, what do I have to be careful of, Gabe? Have a respect for the process. We're with a professional here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So actoring is the the acting, the directing, the writing, all tied into mm-hmm. one thing. All of right? the things. So I, I don't have too many problems with the acting. I actually think like we were talking about like Jason Bonham being in the movie uh, and not being horrible. I do not remember the name of the actor that plays the lead singer before Mark Wahlberg. Jason Fleming, He's, I believe. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Something Fleming. He, that little scene. Uh, it's probably the best scene in the movie. It's really good. Where he 
he talks to the band and, and he's like, you guys suck. This is awful. You're awful to me. Like, I'm just who I am and you are awful people and I'm out of here. And he, like, rips his wig off. <laughs> uh, legitimately a good scene. Um, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, not bad. Not given much. Uh, Jennifer Aniston is just Rachel Green. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, she was miscast, I feel. It's a really strange role. Uh, it's, but again, yeah, not, I mean, there's, not, yeah. Not given anything. I think the writing here is is the main culprit, not the the acting uh in my unprofessional opinion uh, in my amateur opinion you got that right uh, <laughs> thanks man uh, all right let's move so let's move. i will go for Ooh. all right go for I'm it i'm kind of surprised by that with all the scoring that's been going on but mm. let's go to the professional galen what do you what do you think there's you know again um the you know the acting the acting certainly isn't isn't bad it's just it's just not impressive um i would um you know there's i i mean i love um i love watching uh timothy spall who plays the um yeah. who plays their road manager or their or their or their manager um uh, uh matt's and i think i he's He's compelling in literally. He's a kind. He's a read the phone book kind of guy who can just do anything. And he's uh, any any scene, any scene that he he is goes that he's in uh, goes up a notch. And um, so I think. I, and and again, um, you know, Mark Wahlberg is capable, but again, he's you know, again, he's doing the same kind of character that he's been doing in, you know, in all films previous. He doesn't, it's nothing just, new. there's literally yeah. nothing new. Um, yeah. And again, I think, um, Jennifer Aniston would go on to play some, you know, I think just, just a year later, she would go on uh, to do the good girl with Jake Gyllenhaal, which was, she was fantastic in, I mean, so she, mm. but so she's, she's again, just kind of delivering the same, the same performance here. I think she, everyone is just kind of, it, everyone is just doing their job. And so for that, uh, I'd give, I'd, I'd give it a three. Okay. Okay. All right, Gabe. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, you know, I, I want to point out one thing, uh, that was, I was really impressed with, and that is Mark Wahlberg's, lip syncing in this is like very believable <laughs> yes, I, that's is. actually it's honestly really good it's it, especially since I complain all the time about Rami Malek's uh, Oscar win for Bohemian Rhapsody I fair like, the, to make it look this believable I, and I, I actually think Mark Wahlberg looks more believable when he's doing his lip syncing is is good and he has a charisma for it or at least he has the face that allows him to look charismatic I will say um, yeah you you uh, yeah. you you believe him on, you know, you, uh, you know, for, you know, for, for as much as we dogged him, I think, you know, you do believe him in that, um, in, you know, in coming into that from the, um, uh, from, you know, s- you know, small town concerts to making that leap and, um, yeah, and you yeah. buy him as a rock star. Yeah, and and you know, there's a lot of non-actors in this movie. Sure. Um, you know, Jason Bonham probably hadn't done much before, um, besides you know playing drums. But uh, or is he a drummer? Or D- drummer, a drummer. Okay. Yeah. yeah so just like his daddy, yeah. his father's footsteps. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, the apple doesn't far, fall mm-hmm. far from yep. the tree. Nope, um, well, but he he has a really great scene. You know, the scene where he's getting a blood transfusion because of his liver. He he's incredible in that. Where I was, and and also I agree, Timothy Spall is is really good in this, and it's cool that Mark Wahlberg like desperately wanted to have him on after in the bedroom. Um, he is a tremendous actor, and he really kills it in that scene where he talks about the taking the piss and walking away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and well, that's a, he's not in he's not in the bedroom. That's Tom Wilkinson. Oh, you're right. Uh, what's the one that he was in that like made? There was a movie he had just done that made uh, yeah, I know Mark Wahlberg want to hire him. Oh, cool. I, I don't know. But, uh, th- yeah, thank you. Um, but then there are people that are just wasted away in this. Like, Dominic West, mm-hmm. when they get to the moment where he's like kind of evil and he's like, you're going to do exactly what we fucking tell you to do because we write the songs. It's like, that comes so late. There's nothing about that early on. He's like... He's just kind of cool in earlier parts, and I just think it's a misuse of Dominic West, who's an incredible actor. And then Absolutely. there's like Timothy Oliphant. Or he went by Tim Oliphant uh, back mm. then. Uh, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant is also a pretty gifted actor, and I think he they could have had more fun with his oh, character. Absolutely. Although he does get to deliver the best line in the movie. That's uh, dude. I just keep putting this shit on until I want to fuck myself. Um, <laughs> so he, he's great. His I, uh, scenes are great. His the little yeah. even the even the the stupid little you know I'm leaving the band scene um, is it um, um, is, is is you know I think he makes that scene interesting. Yeah, he definitely does, and I I think he you know there could have been more with him. So I I'm just gonna give it a three. Yeah. I don't think it, I agree that everyone is serviceable, but it's definitely below any acting that I see. It's definitely not at the average for me. Nice. Gabe, why don't you carry us into Boogie Nights, Brack? Oh, I, I mean, this one's almost impossible because there's so many actors in Boogie mm-hmm. Nights that I want to talk about. Oh, God. But, um, you know, just quickly with Mark Wahlberg, I think he does a, a, a fantastic job in this movie. He, he does exactly what he needs to do, and then he has moments where he, you remember that he's a kid. And that he mm-hmm. never really got this chance to finish growing up, and he gets you know, thrown into this. And even when he's missing a mother figure, he gets the Julianne Moore mother figure and Mm. she completely corrupts him. And it's a, it's a wrong relationship. And I think that Mark Wahlberg does that really well. I mean, the two best actors in this without a doubt are Julianne Moore and Burt Reynolds. And there's a reason why both of them got nominated. Um, Julianne Moore, one of the, best actors alive um she was she's so good in this like she she puts on this voice the whole time that's just so unlike her voice she's just Mm. you could see it in her face that scene where her and heather graham are doing a bunch of coke and heather graham is calling is calling (laughs) her mom yeah beautiful beautiful it's an incredible scene scene. it's haunting yeah but then you just get all these side actors that are so good Mm -hmm. don Cheadle is is very you could see this like passion that he has for wanting his own business this like thirst to make something of himself and then getting so mad at the world that he's just like you know fucking i'm gonna Mm -hmm. take this money he's great 
Philip Seymour Hoffman. This is like one of the first moments where we're like, oh, wow, this guy could be one of the best actors Who is this ever. Guy? Who the fuck is yeah. this guy? Because yeah. if you see him in Hard Eight, he has this very random role. Um, yeah, which is, again, it. it's, it, it's you... It, but but even that one scene, you're still like, who is that guy? And now he yeah has, exactly. And now it's you know naturally it. he has yeah. so much more to work with. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know uh, all the side. I think William H Macy's really great in a short period of time. Yes. I can't remember who the the guy who uh, they're like cinematographer essentially, but oh, uh, he's great. Ricky J. Yeah, yeah. Ricky J is really mm-hmm. good in this. Um, I. The other ones, there's like really small performances that I adored from like um, the guy who plays the colonel yeah. is really great in the scene where he meets with Burt Reynolds. Um, it's just great all across oh, yeah. the board. I mean, and, and, and Paul Thomas Anderson has such an understanding of like he writes these characters really well. But then when he puts them on screen, he's like, just act. Do what you're going to do. I'm going to follow you without a lot of instruction. And he still gets these really believable performances. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a six out of seven. I, I love the way he makes this. And it's one of the more delightful movies to watch because of the performances. Whew. Galen? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, again, <laughs> there's, yeah, as you, as has been said, I mean, there's so much to get into here. I mean, the, the, there's, Lots you, to you can, yeah, you can spend you could, you you could you could spend the whole time uh, picking apart one single performance in this, and um, you know again uh, you know of course Mark Wahlberg is this at the centerpiece of it, and the w- um, the way that he goes from beginning to end, um, you you are um, you're you're com- you're completely you're completely on board, and you're com- uh, you you see his desperation, you see his need to be loved. And that's and that's so much that's so much of what the of what drives so many of the characters is the need to be seen, need to be to need to be loved. And the fact that they're, you know, in this kind of, you know, kind of uh, distorted like circus, you know, I mean, they they, I mean, the reason they the, the, you know, they're, um, uh, you know, the the choice of having kind of the circus music playing at the end is certainly, you know, certainly not by accident. Um, You know, there's. They're part of this sort of, um, uh, you know, this sort, of, this sort of band of characters where at the end, you know, they're they're, they're literally all that they have, and um, and it's uh, you know, and you you feel so much for these people, and uh, you know, throughout, you know, you you know, even even for the smaller characters like uh, William H Macy and um Don Cheadle and uh, you know Philip Seymour Hoffman in his like two or three scenes like you're you would that scene where he's beating himself up in his car i mean it's uh, you know where he he bought in the car, that expensive car he bought to get Mark Wahlberg's attention to get Dirk Diggler's attention and you know and just beating himself up i mean your heart breaks mm-hmm. for that i mean you you know and these people that it, you know you know the 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 fact of taking a you know, a side of uh, Hollywood in the industry that is that, especially at that point, was kind of fairly forbidden. Like you don't talk about that, and the the fact that they all make all of these characters you you love desperately all of these characters, and I think it's uh, yeah, it's beautiful. The, the performances are, I think, are are flawless. Of course, you know, Burt Reynolds and Julianne Moore, you. Know, um, you know, deservedly got their nominations, but everyone in this, you know, 
you know, down to, you know, a couple scenes here and there, down to like you know, you know, Luis Guzman in a, f- a couple scenes here and there. Yeah. Like everybody. Yeah. It's fantastic. I would, yeah, easy seven. Oh, nice. I, I would agree with, with Galen. I think it's an easy seven for me too. And that's the reason that I continue, you know, just to go back and talk about what we full circle it back to, to spectacularity. That's why I keep watching this movie. It's because mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, just just talking about um, just minor characters, basically. We're talking about minor characters that get a full arc mm-hmm. in this movie and that we care about, even though they only have a couple scenes of, of, you know, real lines. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman doesn't, in the grand scheme of what happens in this movie, doesn't really matter that much. Mm. Don Cheadle doesn't really matter that much. Heather Graham doesn't really, her character doesn't, really matter to the plot and what's happening in the movie, what happens to them, even though they don't change, like we were talking about, what happens to them, it, we care about, and that's because of the performances, the writing, the directing that is just at another level, you know, right. when you're comparing it to like a run-of-the-mill movie like, like Rockstar, like right. really getting this like full fleshed-out story mm-hmm. for everybody on the screen, yeah. almost, almost literally everybody. Yeah. Uh, so it's easy seven for me as well. And I'd like to speak just to the, you know, the, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, we've said that, uh, you know, it's been said that the characters don't change. And again, we've, we've said that that is, um, you know, it's, it, you know, because of the story. And I think it's, um, there are, you, there, you know, and I, there, you know, there are certainly subtle changes, but yes, by and large, like the characters are, you know, fairly much, um, uh, you know, you know, f- you know, fairly much haven't, haven't gone through major evolution. And I think it's, and, and I think a lot of that is, you know, we've talked about that kind of arrested development and, um, and I think that's, that's really what it speaks to as far as that the, you know, these people are, um, you know, kind of, you know, um, you know, they, you know, they say that like, you know, you're kind of like when you, when you're at a certain level of like, emotional abuse you know or um or or corruption or that sort of thing it's kind of you stay emotionally at that at that level you know you're kind of permanently stuck at that age and at that at that point of that of that abuse and i think a lot of them you know a lot of the people in this film have been kind of corrupted or abused in one way or another and so they are kind of kind of um, uh, you know eternally stuck at that level and so i think it makes mm-hmm. uh, it it really justifies you know again that you know I'm, in many ways they are they really they really haven't changed and i think that's the yeah. tragedy of it is that they have right. is you right. know is that they aren't able to move forward they are they're kind they're stuck emotionally where they are you know they keep coming back because there's literally nothing you know there's they've tried they've tried to do to come for to move forward but they they keep coming back because it's the only place that they can go gabe did you want to say something yeah just something super quick i'd be remiss to not talk about one scene you know taking it away from the serious side of things that was really well said by galen and nick um one scene i i love these two actors in it but Thomas Jane is also incredible in this movie. Yes. I didn't realize that this is like his number one credit on IMDb, which I, I don't know how that works, but he's so funny and so good in the scene with Alfred Molina, who's also fucking incredible. Alfred Molina is probably in like five minutes of this movie. It's an outstanding job. It was, it, and then, it was years before I knew that it was him. Right. 
And then yeah, it becomes a lot more famous, and and he does these really erratic scenes. He kind of he did it in like Promising Young Woman as well, sure. um, and he was really compelling in that. And then lastly, just this one side character, the guy who the girl's like ODing on him, and then he starts crying, and he's like, "She's the second girl ODing on me this week." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You need to get some better shit, then, huh?" Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I mean there. Are- Art, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that's and that's the brilliance of Paul Thomas Anderson is um, yeah. you know there even you know even in his darkest movies there are these un, uh, you know in even in like The Master and Phantom Thread and Hard Eight there are these uh, and there will be blood there the, the, there are moments of these unexpected moments of humor of very dark humor that come out and yeah I think that's and then yeah of course that and that comes through in the performances always. Yeah, Galen, I feel like you're kind of transitioning, just talking about Paul, like, our next category is legacy. So let's talk a little bit about the legacy of Boogie Nights. And I'm gonna just have you keep going because you were yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, again, this is, um, this is easy. This is, you know, this is one of, you know, this is, I, I mean, I think the, um, the 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 work of uh, the the lasting effect of of Paul Thomas Anderson I think is is undeniable and you know this is certainly the film that um uh, you know that uh, you know that's cer- uh, you know certainly you know his his sophomore film and uh, you know really um really kind of cemented his place in the film industry and and as you know as an auteur um and so I think um you know it really it really cemented uh, it really cemented his style i think it's um i am um, i think he has i think he's certainly gone on to become a, a a better director since this movie i think um i i i think he's certainly i think he's certainly found i think he's certainly found his own as his ability to branch out in films like there will be blood where he was mm-hmm. a um um and even punch drunk love, you know, and you know his his ability to do something different and um, mm-hmm. to to still maintain his voice in a completely a different style and um, an approach to the to, to film. And I think, um, but um, but I think the the influence of this film is um, um, is is undeniable. I think the you know the way that it takes this sort of wide cast of characters, this sort of style that was kind of um, you know, it's, it's certainly taking a lot of uh, stylistically a lot from Altman, um, so it's kind of carrying that kind of that kind of legacy forward. And um, I, I think it's, it's so it kind of takes. Um, you know, he's you know, it, like Tarantino and others, he's he's not shy to talk about his influences, and so it's very uh, you you see so much of that in um, in this film, and 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 kind of and kind of carrying it forward. I think just the um the electricity that he brings to it and um um it really just it cements his his place as a um as a director again i think he's um he's certainly matured since this film but i think the the energy of this film is undeniable the you know the mm-hmm. um the assuredness in his voice as a filmmaker is undeniable and i think um the um the way that um you know again the um 
um, you know, the the portrait, you know, telling this portrait of this this side of Hollywood, you know, was again something that we yeah. had never um, had never seen before, and, and you know, and certainly haven't seen again in in this level of detail. And um, you know, so I think um, for all of that, I would definitely give it a seven. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gabe, do you want to? Yeah, I, I and I'm I'm really glad that you brought up Robert Altman because uh, because I love Paul Thomas Anderson movies so much. I finally started watching more than um, just Mash. Um, awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I highly recommend anyone watch California Split and Nashville um, just to get absolutely. a sense of like where Paul Thomas Anderson kind of got this with all the widespread characters. And the, and you could also see it in the Safdie Brothers movies, too. They've um, carried on a lot of that, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, it's it's clear that this was how uh, PTA put his stamp on the industry. It was the, you know, the coming out show for him that he was going to be an auteur, as you said, that's going to be here to stay. Um, it is upsetting to me that he's been nominated eight times and has not won a single Academy Award, mm. um, considering how amazing he is. But some of that was just kind of the bad luck, bad timing of when his movies came out. Um, sure. And, you know, some of that is it's fine. He's still this cult, hit, uh, you know, cult director slash writer that people really adore. And I think he's just gotten better and better over time. Um, you know, this movie was a big success and it, and it skyrocketed his career, but it also skyrocketed a lot of the actors careers in it. Certainly Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, had a big break after that and Julianne Moore, um, blew up and Mark Wahlberg, John C. Riley. Yeah. John C. Riley as well. And, and, you know, he, he, I think he's the one who found John C. Riley because he was in hard eight and then, um, and he's great. Um, so I'm going to give it a six. And that, the only reason why I'm doing that is just that I like a lot of his other movies more. Um, so personally, the legacy isn't as strong, but it's undoubtable that this is a classic. And you you could look at any cinephile and have a conversation with them and they're going to mention Boogie Nights. They're going to be if they're a boy because <laughs> um, it, it is like a boy movie. Um, but it's. It's fascinating the way he made this, and it's just going to be relevant forever. And I love that it's just this timestamp, mm-hmm. and it's not going to age in any way because it's about this specific moment in time and about this specific industry. So, yeah, six out of seven for me. All right, uh, Nick. I will... <sighs> Finish it off. I was between a six and a seven. I don't know which one to, mm-hmm. to go with. Uh, I will also go with a six because I, I do... When we talk about this move with this category, we we do often talk about the if it's if it's a famous director, we talk a lot sometimes about if we like other movies by that director more, and if those movies maybe have given them more acclaim than the one that we're talking about. And I think that's the case in this, you know, case. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I would all I, I would give it a six, and I I can't really add any more than you guys did to what the legacy of of this movie is. But um, again, I just want to say that every single just the fact that there are all of these actors and they all mm-hmm. get a chance to shine mm. is really um, yeah. not something that happens with very many movies. True. Yeah. You know what uh, I just thought? Another movie that inspired this, I think, in my mind, is Urban Cowboy. And it, for him to take Urban Cowboy, which is unbelievably depressing. Yeah. Or a Midnight haunting, Cowboy? 
or Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Did I say Urban yes, Cowboy? Yes, you did. I think that's a set the, at a different movie. That's a very different movie. Yeah, a very, very different. Movie. Different. Yeah, Midnight Cowboy with John Voight uh, and Dustin Hoffman. It's just it. He takes that concept and makes it more fun and and about way more characters and and that's incredible. And I mm-hmm. love if you're going to take influence from some movie. Um, that came before you got to add something to it. And he certainly does. Always. Yeah. 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 So why don't we just do kind of a quick finish off with rockstar? Nick, do you want (laughs) to kick us off and just finish strong Uh, here? I mean, nobody cares about the movie. Uh, Sometimes I listen to the song, stand up and shout. It kind of rips. It It really does rip. It's really good. Um, From like a bass, like, like this is a song that's catchy kind of standpoint. Um, I really encourage you to give it a listen, Layla. I think you really enjoy it. It's called Stand Up I and will. Shout. Um, <laughs> Take any of your recommendations, Nick. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I would be remiss to not talk about how unbelievably terribly the very small scene where Dagmara Deminch, I think you pronounce her last name, yeah. right? her character is just outed as trans in the movie by peeing in... By while standing up, and it's a very uncomfortable scene. That it ages just didn't need to very be poorly, and is very weird. Yeah. So, oh my god. I, yeah. Isn't it? It's just so. There's just that's the only scene where I'm like, this is just. Oh god. It, yeah. Aged well. Oh, it's so. Oh, it. It's so bad. Terrible. It's so so bad on so many levels. And I mean, yeah. the rest of the movie nobody cares about. So it's a two, maybe a one. Yeah, uh, I, it has fifties on. You know, it's in the fifties on. You know, Rotten Tomato or, the or whatever. Place. Yeah, so I'd it's, it's, it's hard not like, to, It's hard to give it a one for that reason, but age is so poorly and nobody freaks so, out. Right, yeah, so surprisingly, like it has a six point three on IMDb. I don't. Yeah, that is yeah, surprising that's shocking to me. To me. But, IMDb raiders are yeah, it's all men and they're like stupid men who do the ratings. Get off IMDb, stupid men! Yeah, get the fuck out of here! Um, I have to mention though, if we're talking about the critics stuff and and the stupid men ratings, oh boy, um, this movie lost like forty million dollars. It it was like made with fifty three million, and then it like. It lost a ton of money. It actually made a lot in its opening weekend, and then it was just so clear that no one wanted to see it after that. Um, I, yeah, it, I believe fifty million of that was spent on wigs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this movie is? <laughs> this is, in no offense to some of the movies that are on there, because some of them are actually pretty good, and I found them on there. But this is such a classic, like imdb free tv with ads <laughs> movie yes and that's the only way to describe it and it's visually fucking aged horribly and uh I, no it, it's like the the music is more famous than the movie and also no one knows what rockstar is when we put this out to tell people to listen to this episode people are gonna be like what yeah. the fuck is this people, like nobody stood up nobody shouted up. no <laughs> Exactly. That's <laughs> good. Sorry. So I'm going to give it a one out of seven. All right, Galen, finish us off. Yeah. Um, and again, there is uh, so much of this has, has aged poorly. I think, um, um, yes. I mean that, um, um, that, that one scene that Nick mentioned is so cringe and the, and uh, yeah. And the, uh, yeah, the fact that it's, 
um, it's kind of it's used to um, uh, it's it's used to you know to kind of cement Mark Wahlberg's realization like oh this is fucked up it's like that's that's offensive um, and um, and then the um, you know and his his relationship with Jennifer Aniston, I think is, um, incredibly offensive. Uh, you know, the fact that she is, she is just kind of an accessory doormat to him the entire fucking time up until like the very last minute. And then it's just the easiest reconciliation ever. And it's, you know, there's, you know, there's so much, I mean, the, you know, the, I mean, I think the fact that they're it, given all that all that's happened in the movie and all that they've gone through. I mean, the fact that the fact that they're still together at the end is in, completely improbable. And I think it yeah. just says it, it's so. Yeah, I think it, especially it looking at right it from a time. modern looking at it from yeah. a modern lens, I think is just is offensive. And I think so. A lot of this, you know, I think, yes, with the exception of, of stand up and shout, which is a. Which is an, an an infectiously hummable song, um, I think is. But you know, other than that, um, and also the you know the very obvious music choices. Um, you know the um, um, you know like every every it's one of those song one of those films where every every song is is somehow like commenting on what's going on to the point yeah. that. Um, the the song that plays um, that plays after he goes down on her is called "Lick It Up." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, yeah. So, so with that said, yeah, it won absolutely. Finishing a, on that note. Finishing Babe. on that note, a one. <laughs> wow. All right. Oh man. Nick is going to do some quick addition yeah. here when, uh, and we'll figure out which movie won if you haven't figured it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's not obvious or anything. Nobody died because uh, we're not responsible if anybody dies because of the suspense. Well, I, well, I quickly add these up. So. Right. Yeah, Galen, do you uh, do you have any movies that you would recommend based on these? Oh boy, I mean, well, you know, we talked about um, we talked about you know we talked about things like um, like uh, um, like we've talked about about uh, about Robert Altman and you know I think yeah. certainly a um, as far as um, as far as both uh, both a film about um um about a um um a a, a niche a niche portion of culture and uh you know yeah. and with that kind of sweeping nature i mean nashville is is absolutely um absolutely worth watching um for that reason um um i would say um um i would uh, i would uh, i would say um um, you know, as, um, as, as far as like, you know, kind of, um, coming of, coming of age films set in the music industry, I think, um, obvious choice, but I think almost famous is, uh, you know, is, is is an, um, is an absolute must see for anyone. Um, you know, and there's, there's not a lot of, um, you know, again, you know, I talked about before, there's not a lot of films that really discuss the, um, the porn industry, you know, the adult film industry, you know, um, um, in much detail though, uh, you know, though, um, 
recently there was a couple of years ago there was a film came out that didn't really get much um didn't really get much attention at all it was it played at sundance but it was called um it was called mope and it was um a, it's based on a a true story about a um um a guy in the adult film industry who like um like went crazy and like attacked people with a samurai sword or like a machete oh, and wow. it's a it's a true story it's it's really That's fucked nice. up and it's um i mean i think it's it might even be more bleak and depressing than boogie nights um if you if you can um if I you can imagine that imagine but that. Yeah. yeah it's a yeah it's a film called mope it came about out about two years ago that's it's on showtime i'm gonna watch this yeah it's pretty wild it's a wild true story it's a but and it's it's completely based on a true story it's it's really wow. wild um yeah definitely yeah if, yeah if you want um if you want another uh, you know just crazy film about this you know this side of american culture yeah definitely check that out yeah and i would just quickly recommend uh magnolia if anyone hasn't seen that um we were thinking about pairing them together i'm kind of glad we didn't because that would be six hours of movie watching that would be it is very it's tough because it's very long but it is super powerful and and absurd and yeah it's you could see it as like almost a spiritual follow-up to boogie nights and 100 percent. yeah yeah. i would also i would also follow up i I, i'm glad you mentioned that because i um i think um I think Licorice Pizza was definitely a return to form, especially for those who love yeah. these these kinds of films like Magnolia and Boogie Nights. And I think, and again, it's a it goes back to that um, um, that uh, that that period of time and um, that mm-hmm. you know that that area, that culture, and it's it, I I absolutely love that film. I think it's it's easily my favorite film of the year. So I would oh, cool. so yeah, I would definitely I would definitely recommend that for you know people who are you know ex- you know have always have been excited to see Paul Thomas Anderson return to films of that ilk i think it's it's um i mean to say nothing you know to to say to to say nothing you know about his you know previous about you know the film subsequently because i think he i've loved the direction he's gone in but it's it was so wonderful to see him kind of return to this style and this era and you know it's it has it has the you know the kind of that kind of infectious energy that we that that Boogie Nights brings. So, and if you live in L.A. and you're listening to this this week, you should go and see it at the Westwood Regency Theater yes. where they're doing uh, 70 millimeter. The, it is. It was a very cool. fun time. There's like a pop up. There's next a pop up pinball machine, pinball, pinball, yeah. pinball arcade. It's yeah. it's a great time. Yeah, I've yeah, seen it twice totally so far. Agree. I'm. I hope to see it. I hope to see it at least once more in the theater. It's great. Yeah. Nick, awesome. well, who won? In what? Who won? Oh yeah, which one? Who won? Well, in a classic. Uh, <laughs> very glad we had uh, Galen uh, on this one because this is a, this is truly uh, a classic facing off uh, face off where we have a, a truly good movie and a truly bad one. Yeah, uh, we have possibly the largest span in in two movies <laughs> that I can remember. We made history uh, with a thirty-five out of a hundred and five. I think right. That's, yeah, that's it's a hundred and five for three. No. It's a hundred and five. Yeah, so 35 out of 105 Oof. for Rockstar and 97 out of 105 for um, yeah. for Boogie Nights. Yeah, very big, deserving. Uh, span. We got a winner. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, but I think it it's in, yeah, um, in, an indisputable winner, yeah. And uh, we were just really happy that 
that you were on, Galen. Yeah, this thank is great, you so man. much yeah. for joining us. Yeah, guys, this is I've, I've incredible. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. This has been a treat. You are always welcome on. Uh, awesome. Tell us, you got anything coming out soon? Uh, you plug want people yourself. to follow you? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, plug the, yourself. The plugs, of course. Um, yeah, wh- when is this uh, coming out? This will come out on Friday. Okay, great. Um, yeah, as long I, as our uh, intern gets it in in time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah, anyone who um, hasn't. Um, Checked out this um, this last season of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Definitely, um, definitely. Uh, um, uh, you can find you, you can find me on there um, as as, uh, as one of the boils um, in um, I think it's episode six or seven. Um, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of fun. It was a great way to kind of to um, send off the that show and that character. So um, so that's really great and. Um, um, I'm, um, I've, uh, you know, done a, um, done a number of, um, done a number of music videos this year. Um, did a, did a really fun one for, um, the band St. Paul and the Broken Bones and. Oh, wow. That's. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you, um, yeah, um, if you, uh, if you guys have, uh, if anyone, anyone's a fan of them, which I was, you know, going into yeah. it, which, which is a, They're which awesome. is really awesome. So yeah, that's one, one of their. One of their latest, um, one of their latest videos, "Last Dance." So uh, you can check that cool. out. So that that's a that's a really fun time. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah, go follow him on social Instagram. Media. Yeah, yeah. You can find like, me we'll, on we'll yeah at Galen you. Howard on yeah. Instagram and uh, yeah. He uh, he does these very funny uh, videos uh, when it's a musician's birthday or anyone he does like a <laughs> dance for them. <laughs> Uh, it's great. It, it it entertains me every time. Keeps well, me, yeah. It keeps me fun, you, busy. Yeah. Uh, we are we are going to follow you, and we are happy that you were here, Galen. Oh, great! Uh, yeah, seriously. yeah. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a blast. Sweet. Uh, Gabe's yeah. going to plug everybody. Yeah, yeah and you can do. follow <laughs> us on Instagram. Uh, look up Facing Off Pod. You can find us there. Uh, we're also on Twitter, uh, Facing Off Pod. If you want to send us emails, uh, letting us know that Rockstar was your favorite movie of all time, uh, we'd <laughs> Go to be glad to it, hear yeah. it. Yeah, we'd be glad to hear it. Uh, Facing Off Podcast at gmail.com. Next week, we got a fun one for y'all. Uh, since it's one. the week before Christmas. We are doing Die Hard with something. We, we haven't decided yet. But <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to ask. It. I don't know if we know. We might do it with Skyscraper. We Figure might do it with Die Hard too. If you got an idea and you want to let us know what we should watch with it, uh, we would love to do uh, something with it um, next week. And uh, does anybody have a send-off? I have other interests. I'm a magician. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, You're a big, big, bright, shining star. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>